Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers on mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Morning. Um, today's Bible reading is taken from Matthew 28, from verses 18 to 20. At the end of the reading, I would say, this is the word of the Lord. Kindly respond by saying, thanks be to God. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. So yes, good morning, guys. Good morning, friends, family, um, guests, everyone. Thank you very much um, for coming again today. This is the last someone in this series, the sent ones. That's what we've called it, the sent ones. So this is the last someone in the series. Um, and I hope that um, it will not be the least someone. <laughs> yes, so um, let's start this way. Let's start this way. How many souls did you win this week? It's a new week. No, 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 no. Let's start from the last week. Let's start from the last week. How many souls did you win last week? No, for real, for real. Emmanuel preached from, um, about Moses. He told us, God is the God of the fearful. Don't be scared. Go out. Toki said, ah, God is the God of the unlikely. He can use you. He can use you. You're small. You think you don't know anything. God can use you. And Pastor Femi said, go and speak for God. Go and speak for God. Um, first God will make you a prophet, then he's going to make you a priest. Samuel, small boy. God used him. How much more you? How much more you? God can use that small boy. I can not use you? Go and speak. And Tommy, what did Tommy say? Tommy said that, <laughs> Tommy said that God is holy, very holy, 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 holy. Look at seraphims. Look at all this. Like, how can you have this very holy God and he's saying you should do this thing? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so let me ask you, should we try again? How many souls did you win last week? Only God knows. You see, um, Luke, 15, Luke 15, 7 says that, I tell you that in the same way, There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So are you telling me that last week you did not bring any joy <laughs> to heaven? Okay. Let's say that is too much. Like, okay, we're count, why are we counting souls? So we count, so this person say, me, I won five souls last week. This person say, I won one soul last week. Ah. So that means she brought more joy to heaven than me. Ah, that's competition in church. We don't want that. How many of you, how many of you have been to churches like that? Where if, how many souls do everybody, will, you have to give accounts of? Me, I've been. I don't know if you've been. I've been. Some of you are hiding. Some of you have led those kind of churches before. <laughs> you, are, you are the leader of the fellowship on that campus. That say, um, tell me what so this week. What's up? So one so far, so that, that, is, that is too much. So the person that, what about the person that did not come out with any soul? So the person should go and die. So that person brought sadness to everyone, Abby. So let's not do that. Let's keep that. Because he did not even say no joy. He's saying that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner that repented. So there is still joy for you that did not win any sinner that week. <laughs> So let's ask a simpler question. 
Did you share your faith this week? How about that? That is better, right? Did you share your faith this week? You did? Oh, nice. Nice. Let's, let's woo for that. A woo for that. A woo! That's beautiful. You see, you can win so, you can lose so. Yeah, don't worry. It's me. I'm asking, did you even risk losing any soul at all? That's what I mean when I say, did you share your faith this week? Did you dare to bring some joy to heaven this week? You see, I meet with a group of guys every month. And we go through what is called Wesley's 21 questions. So John Wesley. So he has 21 questions to check how fervent you are, how vital your faith is. And so many of some of the questions are like, oh, we ask each other, um, am I creating an impression that I'm better than I am? In other words, am I being an hypocrite? Have I, have I been an hypocrite this week? That's one of the questions. Oh, we ask ourselves, um, am I enjoying prayer this week? You know, am, am I defeated in any area of my life this week? Have I been? Or have I looked at explicit material? Have I masturbated? Have I abhorred unhealthy sexual abilities? Just to keep ourselves uncomfortable. You see, we get all kinds of responses from those people who share, people who share. But there's one question that we don't often share about. Is, when did I last share my faith? That one doesn't come up as frequently as all these ones. You see, but my question is, money is, you see, I didn't get enough woos and as when I asked, did you share your faith this week? My question is that in the same way that me and my friends gather every month to ask ourselves this question, I want to ask, what if we ask this same very question, did you share your faith this week every Sunday, just before service started, or during service, before the word comes up, before the church is full, or just after the end of service, before benediction, or instead of even asking PF questions during Q&A, what if we ask ourselves instead, did you share your faith this week? You see, I understand. I live in this city. Man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a married man. I have two kids. You know, so I have family. I have work. Right? There are legit concerns. You know, I, I don't, you, you say, I don't know any non-Christians. See, there are no Muslims or atheists in my life. I don't even know how to schedule it. You know, I can schedule devotion. You, can, you know, 9 a.m., I'll pray and I'll read my Bible. 6 p.m. in the night, I'll pray with my family. You can schedule that. I can schedule coming to church every Sunday. I can schedule coming to Kingdom Prayer Day. I can schedule GC. But how can I schedule evangelism? Makes sense. Legit. Or you can say, oh, yes, I have all these non-Christians in my life, but the opportunity to share with them does not open up. How do I prop it up? Legit. You see, but we're going to address all of these practical concerns. But I want us to start by thinking, just by seeing this. You see, when you became a Christian, you were not inducted into a club. It wasn't like, now that I'm in, let me just go and maintain my faith. No. You were inducted into the mission of God. It's in Matthew 28, 18 to 20 that was read. It's called the Great Commission for a reason. We are called to go do something great. Something beyond our comfort zone. Jesus says to his guys, go, go. This is go and do this great thing. Go. Let me bust your head. You see, he didn't just tell them when they were already leaders or when they were already servers or when they were already members. Guess when he told them? Oh, wait. How many years do you think that a Christian should be? Like, how long, do you, how mature do you think a Christian should be before the person starts doing evangelism? How long? Anybody? Anybody? How mature? Three years? Four years? After membership class? After workers? After attending like 50 kingdom prayer days? Or after listening to the Saints One series five times? Should we repeat it every year? No. Jesus told them even before they became disciples. Matthew 4 verse 19. Look what it says. It says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. These guys have not followed him. He's telling them that, see, when you follow me, this is what you're going to be, oh. When you follow me, you are going to be fishers of men. When you decided to follow Jesus, you know what you accepted? Don't say Jesus did not tell you. When you decided to become a Christian, this is what you bargain. That when you become a Christian, you, are, you signed up to be a fisher of people. That is your assignment. That's what you signed up for.
You see, um, I remember when I first joined my first missions, my first missions, great missions, um, GNLD. I might remember. <laughs> oh my goodness. Somebody know what GNLD is? Ah, you are fresh. You are living a, God has already answered your prayer. Stop coming for Kingdom Prayer Day. Ah, uh ah. -uh. GNLD, I mean, okay, you do GNLD, do you do forever? You didn't do forever living products. Oh. Okay. Did you do uh, Trevor? Ah, you did Trevor. Uh -huh, they are all coming up. They are coming up. Last one. How was it this one? Tianxi. Oh, my. So, GNLD, that was my first mission assignment. My great commission. Go, Ginger. So, I know how it is now. You know, this is unlike the Great Commission. Generally, you don't know what you're signing up for. You don't know. They'll just say, there is vacancy. There is vacancy for secretary. There's vacancy for, you know, manager. There's vacancy for any receptionist. They're all plenty of work. So all of you will not gather for the seminar. So you hold your file like this. All of you wear suits and tie, rubbish. <laughs> so you now stand, then you'll be asking each other, so uh, is this the place? Is this, uh, is this uh, 106 Akim Dixon? <laughs> you say yes, 106 Akim Dixon. Okay, ah, thank God, I'm in the right place. Am I late? No, I'm not late. So uh, what do you I came for this, you know, uh, this thing, uh, secretary. You say, uh, secretary. You say, ah, me, I came for receptionist. Say, ah, okay. Maybe they have many positions. So, after you both stand there, you see each other, then one man will not come. Hello, hello! Or megaphone. Hello! <laughs> everyone, everyone, settle down, settle down. We know you all came here. Some of you came here to apply for secretary, come here to apply for receptionist, some of you came to apply for this. But don't worry, what we have for you is more than this position. <laughs> what are you talking? Um, so, They'll do that. You know, my friend, my friend of mine, McKinney David, that I talks about this a lot. It's so funny. When his own experience is so fresh. My own is old. <laughs> so then when they gather everybody, they're not say, they're not start giving motivational this thing, everything else. Nobody knows what is happening. Then at the end of the day, then you not see someone gather products <laughs> out. And then you guys are not wanting to each other. Like, what exactly? They say, this is what you're going to do. If you do this, a job you can lose. You can lose a job. Have you ever seen anybody that became rich from a job? No. And there are many people in this church that are rich from jobs. They say, okay, no. So that's it. This is what can take you and your family out of poverty. <laughs> so everybody will ask them. You now say, oh, my son who is eating and going. Then after you know, maybe like five or so people will now remain to do the whole thing. But why did, why, how, how did that so happen? When we, we did not know what we are signing up for. And what I'm saying this morning is that the mission of God is not like Genedi or Trevor or Forever Life. Matthew 4, 19 is telling us that before, as before you are becoming a Christian, Jesus is saying, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. You see, the first time I ever heard God clearly, this was what I heard. I was praying in campus in the night. I was praying, I was praying, I was praying. And then midnight, video only me. And then I heard the word and it just, so Adami, I will make you a fisher of men. So I thought I was special. Like, oh, me, just me, my calling is going to be on the fishers of men. But what I'm going to see that, no, 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 I'm not special. God is saying everybody who is my own, my son, my daughter, I'm calling all of them to be fishers of men. He was just re-emphasizing what he sees as great, a great commission in the heart of one of his sons that he loves amongst many. So today I want to address your practical concerns that keeps you from taking immediate practical steps. Because really, I love for you to share your faith this week. And that's why this one is called Go. Because I want you to just, just all the things you've learned over time, you're constipated. I want you to just go now and. <laughs> I want you to just go now and spread the word and evangelize. So just that simple word, go. But before we get to go, I'd like us to quickly consider another word. It's a longer word, it's authority. That's the word, authority. And why? Because. It is this authority that makes us go. So look at the text. It says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
therefore go. And some of you are saying, you see, you have a valid concern. I'm not a missionary. It's not my job. You see, I tell you, I, I understand. Because my wife is a missionary, right? My wife is a missionary. When she was first sent to go, she was sent first to Sierra Leone. She's a Caucasian. She was sent from her country to Sierra Leone. And then she spent maybe like three or so years in Sierra Leone. And then she now came to Nigeria. Before uncle. So, <laughs> mind you, she didn't have to leave, oh. She didn't have to leave. Because our country is actually where many people want to jackpato. The ones that people are, there are two countries that want to jackpato. The one that most people are jackpato is not really where most people want to go. It's because these ones deny them. Usually deny people. I've been denied, don't worry. I'm a, I'm a husband, but I've been denied. And that country is called the disunited states of America. <laughs> She doesn't have to leave her country, but because she's been sent to go, she leaves her country and comes to this land to do what she do. What does my wife do? My wife is the work of reviving Christian education in Nigeria. In other words, what she does is to ensure that in schools where kids are, not just in homes or in their families, that the gospel gets to them in their classroom. That while a teacher is teaching mathematics, in that teaching mathematics, she can preach the gospel to a child through the subject. Not like say, okay, let's pack math and then let's preach the gospel. No, but through how they communicate the subjects. The child can know, oh, there is a God. Oh, there is Jesus. Who is the creation? Who is the king of all creation? Who understands? Ah, wow. Wow, when the child begins to know, partnering with the parents or partnering with the church. That's what my wife does. And so, when my dad, when my wife met my dad for the first time, we were not gotten married. She was my fiancée then. So my dad asked her, of all the questions I could ask her from the beginning, this was the question he asked her. He said, woman. I want to know, what are you doing in this country? <laughs> Me, I was here like, I said, ah. Of what it is that you old man can say, you just want to spoil my. Because he was perplexed. Like, what would make a woman leave the place where everybody wants to go to now come here, where all of us wants to? You are now. It's authority. She knows who sent her. That's what authority means. Knowing who the person say all of that has been given to Jesus, so he's sending us. She knows who sent her. It's not like every day is easy for my wife. I say, like, there are many days when she doesn't feel like a missionary. There are many days when she doesn't want to be identified as a missionary. Many days, I can tell you. So the point being that, yes, you don't want to accept the label of a missionary, but I'm saying that whether you choose to accept it or not, you've been called to go. In some way, you are an informal missionary. And the earlier you accept this, the better. And the earlier you recognize who the person that is sending you is, the better. You may not be sent to Pakistan. You may not be sent to Eritrea. But wherever you've been sent to, you have been sent to go and fish for people. You see, Francis Chan, Francis Chan, a, pa a, a preacher, a pastor, made this clear. He says this about the Acts of the Apostles. He said, the thing is, when you read the book of Acts, you look at their commitments, you look at the crazy things that these apostles did. And while it's insane, it makes sense. It's radical, but it makes sense. What wouldn't have made sense, this Francis Chan, is that if you read all of that in the book of Acts, that these people saw a man rise from the grave. And he said, go and make disciples. And then after they see all these wonderful things, these people now got together to be in a room every Sunday and sing songs. And one guy will preach. And that's what they'll do. They'll come back and sing again. They'll gather together, they'll sing songs, they'll preach. And they'll just gather just for them. Just for them. They say, that would not make sense. You, see, you will read that and you will go, shut up, John, rubbish. Oh, you saw somebody died. He says, your savior. He rose from the grave. He now says, you go. Then you go now. No, no, no. Tell me something else. If you actually believe that Jesus died and rose again, and with all these authorities telling us go, we'll be telling everybody that we know. You see, I know so you don't like preachers on the bus. I know, you know me, so I don't like, I really like them. 
I know you don't like pictures. I don't really like them. After a long day at work, then I'm sitting down. In, I just want to rest in Molwell for <laughs> when I should take Molwell. Yeah, Molwell. There's still Molwell. There's still Molwell. Don't be, please. Please, don't be discriminatory. Uber is still public transport. Sure, you know. Molwell, Uber, they're the same thing. So, so, so the, the preacher will come. This, the preacher will go, whatever he's preaching, all kinds of areas, so whatever it is that he's preaching, this guy is as tired as me coming from work, or this woman is as tired as me, she's coming from work, and on top of her coat or on top of her clothes, she still puts this overall, like a banner. And then she's preaching. I want to sleep. I'm hungry. I'm tired. Why? Why are you disturbing me? But guys, guys, I don't know whatever she's preaching or that is wrong, but I'm telling you that this woman or this man probably knows who sent her more than me and you. She's probably more aware of the authority than me and you. With what we know and what we do, which, where have you been preaching? Where is the place that you're showing your faith? Before you criticize the woman or the man. See, this is, is this probably why Deborah, that, that the lady in, um, in the school campus in the north, this, this, this must be why she died. She knew who sent her. That she went that far. Yes, her methods are this one, we can criticize that. But she knew who was sending her, most likely. The Andrew who just died, the man who was responsible for smuggling a lot of Bibles into China, who died maybe the past week. This is for they knew who sent them. Some of you are saying, eh, okay, I'm, I, don't, I agree that I'm an informal missionary, but I'm an introvert. That's not my theme. I'm an introvert. That's not my makeup. See, let me tell you, you think because I'm a preacher, I'm an introvert though. I am a big time introvert. People that know me very well know. I get a lot of energy from spending time on my own indoors. When I'm here, I'm, I'm, it's virtual. I'm, I'm just releasing virtual. <laughs> I get more energy from being on my own. I'm an introvert. You see, this preaching self, let me not, let me, let, I don't want to say this very carefully. You see, I've, I've not been a good preacher for a long time, but I've been a preacher for a long time, for a while, for a while. And I tell you, preaching is easy. Preaching is easy. When compared to evangelism, preaching is the easiest thing ever. Why? I'm, be, do you know why I'm preaching here? Some of you don't know. I'm mean, preaching here because I want you to like me, you know? It's possible, yes. When I preach here, someone, I preach here after I come down from, someone will say, wow, Dami, you bless me with your word. Dami, can I ask you a question? Dami, can I call you in the week? Dami, you know, he's, look up. He's, he's good. He helped. He's, <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> but evangelism. Who, who, who go and do evangelism because somebody will like him? No, you don't do that. You don't do that. You go and survive because you know that the person that is sending you is greater than what's rejection or what feeling or what somebody's going to say or not. Hmm. Guys, I'd rather hide behind Shebi. I'm equipping saints to go and do evangelism. Shebi, me, I'm equipping people to go and make disciples. So let them go. Me, I'll be here. Come back on Sunday. I'll equip you. You go in during the week and go and preach. You see, the worst day of my life, the worst day of my life was when I lost my friend, Tsuji Kuye. I was in Tony level, I think. So Tsuji Kuye had already, after I leveled in Tony level, then I did not, not go to my own room. Whether my parents sent me the money or not, I cannot remember. But I did not get my own accommodation, so I was squatting with Tsuji Kuye. So Tsuji Kuye, um, we were friends, we were tight, you know, we had great plans, we were going to do things on campus, we businesses, all kinds of things, we were going to make moves. But then, um, for some reason, and Tsunji Kuya is a Muslim, right? And then, at some, one time, he just suddenly fell sick. Um, and it was after I had, you know, I wanted, ah, he's Muslim, I want to get my guy to be Christian. I to be, so I was taking him to fellowship, I think one of the freshest fellowships on campus, he went to UI, do you know VHF? I don't even know VHF, went to your, Woo! you went to VHF. Nice, nice, but the freshest campus, um, freshest fellowship on campus, the Vessels of Honor Foundation. So I took them, because Tsunji Kuye was a fresh guy, 
like, you know, guy for the ladies, fine boy, you know, and all that. I said, which fellowship will be able to vibe with my guy? So I said, let me take him to VHF. So I took him to VHF, and VHF was so warm to him. It was right around him and all that. And the guy said, wow. I said, nobody, like, I've never felt so welcome in church. Like, everybody was just taking Tunji. Oh, have you met Tunji? Tunji is the faculty of agriculture. Meet him. He's even a Muslim. He said, wow, he's a Muslim. He said, ah, ah. After this, I pastor came to meet him. I said, I'm talk to you, blah, 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 blah. When we go to him, the guy was saying, wow. Man, I've never been treated that way in a church before. I think I want to start, I think I want to consider coming to church more. You know, I want to start coming to church more. I said, ah, nice, praise be to God. But no longer after that, Tunji went down with him. Um, what we didn't know at that time with um, leukemia. So had leukemia. Um, and then he got Sassif was getting well, and I stopped visiting him. And then the week of, uh, the week when I stopped visiting him, I feel like Tunji is already getting better. Then in church that day, I was in fellowship that day, I was in RCF, um, Redeemed Christian Fellowship. I was there. They are good, though, but they are not as fresh as VHF. <laughs> so I was in RCF that morning, and I felt like I didn't want to stay in RCF. I was just coming in and out. I was just walking. It was a Sunday morning, guys. Sunday morning like this. I was going in and out, walking, just pacing. I didn't even understand what was happening. And then suddenly I just got a call while I was stepping outside. And then I just received a call. And then the brother just told me that we lost Tunji Queer. Oh, God. We lost Tunji. Oh, man. My best friend, guys. My best friend. I was sad. You can imagine how broken I was, how um, shattered I was, right? And he had not become, he just started going to church and had not become a Christian. Um, the, the other time was Samson, because these two things happened around the same time. Samson Gulea, my cousin, he um, was 30, he was, was born a Christian home, but he had drifted. And then when he came back from school that time, he had come down with kidney disease. And in a matter of months, he died. He was 32. Tony Korea was, I think, 26. So these two deaths, man, combined together to put me in probably you know, the worst phase of my life where I was in like deep, deep depression, guys. So I was asking myself, why was it me in my family? Like, why, why was it me that I was chosen to? Why do I know this Christian thing? Why am I the one that knows the faith? Why am I the one that has become a Christian? Oh, Tunji, why is it Tunji is my best friend? That was why, well, like, why not you know me? Why not somebody else? So I was just at this kind of anguish. I felt what I think Paul must have been feeling. In Romans 9, verse 1 to 3. I started feeling not just for these ones that are lost, but also for the ones that remain in my family, for my brothers, for my auntie, for my cousins. What did Paul say? He said, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I would, could wish that I myself were caused and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race. Guys, I felt an unceasing anguish. And so, guys, as introverted as I was, I began to ask myself, is my unceasing anguish for the loss greater than the pool of my introverted personality? You see, and I'm asking you this morning, I'm asking you this morning, is your sense of I know who sent me, is it greater than your sense of this is who I am? I'm introverted. So guys, we come to the word go, and I want to just bring that mindset as we come to the word go, where we get more practical. You see, in that text it says, therefore go and make disciples, right, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So we're going to take each of those phrases. Go is, it, is this point. But then we take this make disciples. We take all nations. We take baptizing them. And we take teaching them one after the other. And see practical steps, practical ways or concerns to address the practical concerns that we have. So that we can go this week and share our faith. So let's start first. All nations. All nations. You see, many scholars call these all nations, they call these all people groups. But in the end, really, do you know what it comes down to? It comes down to all peoples, or as I want to put it today, it comes down to all souls. Let us make it all souls. You see, and this makes sense if you've not been sent to the nations, if you've not been sent to Nigeria, if you've not been sent to Togo. 
It makes sense if you've not been sent to U.S. It makes sense if you've not been sent to Canada. I know some of you feel like I've been sent to Canada. It's a lie. It's a lie. Stop deceiving yourself. Do you know? Let's prove it. Let's prove it. There's one of Sarah's colleagues, my wife's colleagues, who told me that when they were saying, God, where do you send us? Where do you send us? Where do you send us? You know what they did? They took the map. And some people even take the globe. They'll spin the globe. And say, God, show us where you want us to go. <laughs> so they spin it. They are praying. They spin it. What did the Bible say? You see that the, the Lord is cast into where? The lap. But every decision is of the Lord. So they spin it. Say, the Lord is cast spin it. God, where do you want us to go? And then this rascal said that when they spin it, Nijay. <laughs> Nijay. And you know what they did? They went to where? Nijay. They spent about maybe more than a decade in Nijay. Yes. And after the Nijay, they've been to another country. They've been to, I forgot you know, maybe Kenya, but now they're now in Rwanda. You know, going. So, guys, for those of this, not for everybody, for those of you who believe that you've been sent to Canada, you believe, go home. When you get home today, carry the map or carry the globe and spin it and say, God, show me. Show me where you want me to go. <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see. So you've not been sent to Canada. Agreed? <laughs> but you've been sent to souls. So we have to say, where there are souls, I must what? Go. Where there are souls? Especially in this country, and especially in this city, there are plenty of souls. There are like 22 million souls. Who knows how many of them are Christians? Maybe about half or so, because Lagos is more, you know, you know probably more Christians in Lagos than you find other parts of the country. But let's say at least half. So there are many more millions, millions of souls in this state, in this city, that are not Christians. And if you do the math, you see that you, are propor- you proportionate them. You have Muslims, you have on church, the church, kind of agnostics, and then you have atheists scattered amongst all of this. Pastors spend a lot of time talking about the Muslims. But it's, you know, this, the on church, the church, those are the very, very ones. Those are the very, very tricky ones. Because there are many people that you know, there are many souls that we know in this city. You're not really sure if they are Christian or not. Or some of them think that they are Christian, but they're not. They're not really Christian. So that is really the, that's really cross-section. That is really the, the tricky one. The Muslims were kind of clear, but these ones were not sure. And so first, the way we go, we're, we're, we're going to all of them. We're going to Muslims, we're going to atheists, we're going to these guys in the tricky box. We're going to all of them. But the first thing we have to understand here, by these all nations, is that you have to understand that all soul, na soul. All soul, na soul. All soul, na soul. Not just your colleague or your family. We're coming to why those are very significant. But all souls are souls. Never overlook Okada riders. When you're thinking of souls, do you think of the Okada riders that drop you off in the morning or they ban them now? But I take you, the short two drivers in your estate, do you think about them? You think about the barbers that bab you. It's a soul. You think about the Uber drivers, the one that brought you to church that takes you to work. You think about your nannies. Oh, nannies, do you think about your ogas and your madams? They are souls. Waiters, their souls, all souls and soul. And like PF told us in the sermon about renew, do you think about these souls, precious souls, children, their souls? You see, why I believe that, see, this is my own belief. This is not City Church's position. This is not Pastor Fanny's position. This is not Wife's position. This is not Francis' position. This is not Emmanuel's position. This is not, but this is my own position. I believe because of the FTR. The fatality rate, everything. Because of all of that, I believe, because I want to go, it's my own way of going, you know, I believe that everyone should have as many children as possible. <laughs> it's my own belief. So I can, you know, go to these many souls. It's my own belief, personal. I believe that after you have the first child, you should ask, can I have another one? I'm not saying start from the beginning and say, I want to have seven. No. After you have one, say, can I have another one? Okay, I have another one. After you have the second one, can I have another one? You have another one. After you have one, I say, can I have another one? I can have another one. So, because these souls are already within you, you don't have to be going far. 
I'm serious, though. But it is, if it's possible, so consider everything. Consider your economics. Mm -hmm. Consider your health. Mm -hmm. Consider where you are born. Consider your ministry. Some people are called to be, you know, some people are, you know, consider where you are living. For real now, for real. Some people are called to be single. I'm serious now. Stop laughing. So, so consider all of these factors. When you put all these factors together, then now decide whether you can have another one. Do you understand? That's what I'm saying. Do you understand? Are we on the same page? Because in the bus, no, this is last week, one Uber guy carried me. And then I was saying, where am I going? Because I wore shorts and I wear t-shirts. And this is my estate. That's what my son's school is. So I said, I'm going to pick up my son. He said, eh, young boy like you. <laughs> that you have son. I said, yeah, it's a young boy like me. And I said, and I asked him, what about you? Do you have children? He said, ah, I have. I have three children. And I'm going to have seven. I said, wow. He said, eh. So he says he already has, he had one when he was on campus. Then with his wife now, he has married, he has two. And then the wife lives in a kitty. So she just came recently, but before she left, she did not allow her to go the same way. He <laughs> said, yeah. He said, yes. So the woman has to go. And then after she gives her to that one, they will leave like two or three years gap. And then, pa, 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 pa. <laughs> Seven. But he, do you know why he says he's doing that? He says he's doing that because of power. His father was the former governor of Odon, those states. And then his father died, he had 15 kids. Two former presidents came, two former presidents came, like three governors came. See, it was power. I see, if you can have them, see, that's why I'm doing Uber now. I have money. If you give my share my purpose for writing, like 100 million will touch me. But I'm going to also so that I can take these seven so that when I die, I, my funeral can be like my father's own. <laughs> but me, but me, but me, but me, but me, as a son of God that has listened to Pastor Femi preach about. FT and order. I said, this cannot be said to me. There's a reason why this guy said it. So I connected what Olimilua said, and I connected what Pastor Femi said, and I said, ah, no. Sarah and I have to do more. <laughs> I have to do more. For the mission of God. <laughs> All nations, whoever is catching this will catch it. I know. People that can have more will catch it. Make disciples. That's the next phrase. Make disciples. To be a disciple to Jesus is to become like Jesus and to do what Jesus did. It's just simple. This is the kind of people we are to be making. But how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? You see, listen to this. You know who Jesus was talking to in this text. Look at Matthew 28, 16. He said, then, he said, 11 disciples came. So, when 11 disciples came, can we have Matthew 28, 16? He says, when 11 disciples came, went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So Jesus was telling disciples, go and make what? Disciples. People, it means that people who are becoming like Jesus and who are doing what Jesus did should go and do what? Make people that are becoming like Jesus and who are going to do what? Jesus did. Oh yeah, oh, disciples, go and make what? Disciples. He said, in this regard... What way do we want to be like Jesus? What way? In terms of evangelism and sentiments, we want to be like Jesus in the sense that Jesus was a friend of sinners. Jesus was a man that parted with sinners. He went looking for them so that he can win them. He had what is called a Matthew party. I think in Matthew 9, he went to Matthew's house to have a party. He went to Simon's house and he met the woman at the alabaster box. He went to look for Zacchaeus. Go. You see Paul, see what Paul says. First Corinthians 9, 20, 20, 22. Look what he says. He says that to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became 22. To the weak, I became weak. To the win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. So get this right because it's beautiful, guys. Get this right. Get this right. Listen to me now. We are to be such a friend of sinners in order to win them. Understand? Under the law. Without breaking. Without living like a non-Christian. 
We are to be such a friend of sinners in order to win them, so much so that the souls we win will want to be such a friend of sinners in order to win them, so much so that the souls they win will want to be such a friend of sinners, so much so that the souls of sinners that those ones win will want to be such a friend of sinners, so much so that you get the point. So let me give you, let me give you practical ways to do so in this city at this time in history. Practical, they, it cannot get more practical than this. Because you know, most of these people, the, the church on church, they've seen everything. They're not going to come to crusades. They're not going to, they're not going to listen to the preacher on the bus because these days they are better earphones now. And there's and there's Uber, right, Udali? There's Uber. So who's going to preach to you in an Uber? So the way we go practically has to fit into the rhythms of their lives. Jesus went to look for Zacchaeus. He went to look for Zacchaeus. He went out of his own. He's not saying, and my devotion is five to six. My this is that to seven. My this, no, 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 I can't. No. They burst into his own rhythm. He burst into their own rhythm. So two contexts. The first context is your neighborhood. And the second context is your workplace. Your neighborhood and your workplace. So what can you start doing practically now? Guys, practical thing. Start working in your neighborhood. Walking like walk. Practical, walking. Let me show you why. You see, walking enables you to engage with your neighborhood at street level. You notice things you don't see in a car. You are seen and known in the neighborhood. I want you to walk around your neighborhood using what you see as fuel for prayer. Pray for homes. Pray for businesses. Since number 19, everybody here, God, bring them to yourself. Short, short prayer. Oh, God, everybody here, I want you to open their eyes so they can see this. Oh, these people in this street. Oh, these people on that street. I want you to go like that. Point to the businesses, the community good, the needs. Ask God to open your eyes to see where he's at work and to fill your heart with love for your neighborhood. And all of us live in this kind of area, but if you live in a walkable area, please make it a practice of getting out and walking around your neighborhood, apartment complex, campus, if you're, on, if you're in school, instead of driving to the supermarket or pharmacy, be deliberate in your walk. Say hello to people you don't know. Strike up conversations. Carry your kids because kids attract attention. Anytime I walk in our neighborhood, people say, hey, beautiful. Even the child is not beautiful, we say, hey, beautiful. <laughs> and then you will say, beautiful. Do you have any kids? Uh, no, expecting. Hey, why are you guys expecting? Strike up conversations. Ask questions. You see, this is how I noticed the vision. This is how I knew that my estate had vision and mission statements. I say, hey, this estate. <laughs> you are kidding me. <laughs> the estate signboard is beside one long stretch of water. Then I put it there. To be, I forgot to say, to be whatever it is, it's not right. <laughs> But my estate has mission statements. So I see it, I say, ah, if this is it, God, look at it. I don't even have to say anything. I just say, God, come match. Come match. Let it match, God. Let it match. Guys, so because you won't be saying that my escorts need Jesus. We have the worst ESCO association in this country. They need Jesus. Yes! Who's going to give them Jesus? You! But some of them already have Jesus, so, but you know they still need Jesus. Give it to them. <laughs> Attend, go and join your estate WhatsApp group. Join Telegram group. Join it. It's not because of you. I don't like seeing 1,000 loads of messages. Just talk about all kinds of things. I'm just, oh, Benny. <laughs> Me said, no like WhatsApp group. And now I sent my wife to join. <laughs> so, so, but we are one. We are one. She gives me information and I'll go and pray about it. Hello. <laughs> Ask longtime residents to help you learn about the neighborhood. Invite your neighbors for dinner. Just dinner. Don't, I'm not saying preach gospel. Today. Just invite them for dinner. Come on. People like food eat. We, you know, we like prepare something nice and invite them. Attend their own parties that they invite you to. Instead of watching Champions League alone on your phone, only you, 
Only you pay 32,000 for us. Only you are watching your you, This is what will kill you. <laughs> Only you want. Put it on TV. Invite your guy. Come and watch Champions League match together. There is no introvert at a football match. No, I've never seen any introverts. <laughs> never in my life. The even dumb speak when they are playing Champions League final. They speak. You engage them. Offer to babysit your neighbor's kids so that you can have a date night. If you are single, you can do, you can do. I'm not saying every time. If you don't offer once, if you do once in a quarter, if you do once in a, in a year, you just start somewhere. They will think, you say, what? Why? Eh? They can't. Walking, so you get to know them. Be a regular. Be a regular. Start by your neighborhood. Be a regular. Adopt a local cafe, a local coffee shop. Adopt a restaurant. Adopt a gym. One gym be going. Don't say, I like the, the wheel, this thing, this one. Then I like, no, just stay with one gym. Why? Because if you keep going back, this coffee, stay in this coffee shop. Because if you keep going back, you start to know, you start to know these people, and they start to know that you are ah, this man. Oh, this woman. You start to create a relationship. You, start to, you know people's names. Oh, this Esther, this Sarah. Oh, they know we've not seen you since. Ah, this, that. I know some of you saying that, ah, coffee shop. She means you that have money. You got me buying coffee. And can you for it's not you think, me that I go. I go to one event. He thinks every time I buy coffee. <laughs> it's not, after you've gone for a while, you bought coffee for a long time. They already know that uh, this one is not money that is a problem. So you now sit down and just enjoy your Wi-Fi. <laughs> and then from there you meet people. You meet people. Oh. Hmm. Anything, oh, to answer the Great Commission. Anything so far is under what the law. So guys, you see, we must not make the mistake of making go the Great Commission, another thing to add to your schedule. No. I wanted you to make your existing schedule part of the Great Commission. Do you understand? So you see, because you see, most of us, especially if you're born in a Christian home, you've forgotten, you've forgotten how to be a non-Christian. Forgotten. So I had to read books by non-Christians. I had to read books by Christ, people that came to become Christians in their old age. I had like two last year. Two I said, this man has seen everything. So why is it that he's at 69 now wants to? What is he seeing? To see, to understand what is like Malcolm Mugridge, I read by David Brooks. What, is this, what are these inside? So they can be like. See, guys, pick up, her time is running. Pick up a hobby or share a hobby. Guys, pick a hobby they can share. Some people here, um, Tommy is part of flag football. Do you know she's met there? Many non-Christians. I said, I don't know any non-Christians. If you join that flag football, she will meet many non-Christians there. I joined Toastmasters. I need to renew my subscription. I met all kinds of people there. Join karate. Something that you love to do. I'm not, something that you love to do. I said, I'm not finding time. Join it for the sake of the mission. Ask someone to teach you something that you don't know. Share even the one that you know. Share and teach people. That way, you begin to make this interaction. You begin to make... So let me quickly get to workplace. Workplace, I'm going to go fast because it's just simple, simple. Things just be taking notes. Workplace now, in the context of workplace. You see, instead of eating lunch alone, intentionally eat with other co-workers and learn their story. Bring extra snacks when you make your lunch to give away to others. Bring breakfast once a month. Create a regular time to invite co-workers over for drinks. Organize and throw office parties as appropriate as, as possible to your job. Keep small candy, small gum, little snacks around to offer to others during a long day. Bring drink, bring soft drink, or work appropriate drinks to keep in your break room. Ask somebody who others typically ignore if you can grab a drink or coffee with them while you are out. And like I've said, you see the thing with food, people open up. So, and you eat, most people eat three times a day. So that means you have 21 opportunities in a week, at least most people. So are you just going to use it for yourself? You use it too. So be the first person to greet and welcome you in your office. Know the names of all your co-workers. Find out their favorite music. Add it to your playlist. So you play, everybody will be enjoying it by doing your team. Someone that is saying that, I don't like music at work. When you put his own songs on your playlist, he will love it. See, this person thinks about me. Come on. Come on. Let it be your own priority to encourage people at their work. Avoid gossip in the office. Be a voice of thanksgiving, not complaining. Guys, plenty of things now, plenty of things there. Holy Spirit will show you many ideas. You see, visit co-workers when they are in hospital. Go out of here, go and talk to janitors. The people clean. I've told you all so and so. 
do carpooling, do people that live together, drive together to work. Do you know conversations that happen in car? When you're entering somebody's free car, you will talk. <laughs> you will engage. So I carry you, so I'm your, I'm your Uber, Abby. Okay. You will engage. Well, some of us say, okay, I do remote work, I do remote work, I do remote work. Guys, you are remote work, I understand. You, why can't you start something? Say, I organize, organize a weekly co-working group that bring guys from your team to work together once a week. I'm not saying the office day, oh. You will just say by yourself, guys, now, let's just do it every week. Can we just, just for let's, let's just do this and work. You can't do that. Guys, plenty of things that I want to say. But time will fail me, right? So let's move on. I don't want to beat Pastor Femi's record. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. We can do this, guys. We can do this, guys. Teaching. 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 Voila. <laughs> teaching, guys. The next one is teaching. So, teaching. So, see, when you begin to do this, see what's going to happen. See what's going to happen. Tim Keller, I like Tim Keller's analogy. He says that Christian belief is like this. It's, so, Christian belief is, is like a cloth that, that is bigger than you. If you're a Christian, your beliefs are bigger than you. You feel like you have to grow into it. He said, but all non-Christian beliefs, they are tight clothes, tight, squeezed. These are the, they are, we're just waiting for them to tear. They are going to tear. They're definitely going to rip one day. So we begin to make, through all these activities at workplace and neighborhood, you begin to make friends. You begin to make friends. You begin to make friends. One day, these non-Christian, their clothes will tear. Tension is going to happen in their lives. Somebody is going to lose their mom or somebody is going to lose um, their job. Oh, it may not even be that bad. Somebody may want to move to careers and the person is confused. Do you know they're going to come to meet first? You. And when they come to meet you, you say there's no opportunity for me to share a legit concern. No, there's no opportunity. There's an opportunity for you to share your own problem and to testify to how your faith has helped you. There's an opportunity for you to share your story now. There's an opportunity for you to give a book. Like I gave, you see, Michael came to me. I, we've been friends, we've been friends, we wanted to write, we wanted to be a comedian, blah, blah, we talk, talk, talk. Then after a while, in just all these engagements, and I realized that, no, that actually, it's not like, what the guy actually, you know what he told me his problem was? If I don't engage, you know what I want to, he said that anytime you read the Bible, that's why I stopped going to church and go to, because the churches I go, anytime you read the Bible, they use KJV and he doesn't understand. I say, eh? That's why. Ha. Huh. I just went to my shelf. I just want to carry my D message this thing. I'll just give it to him. If I had not engaged Michael over time, I would have known that it's just Bible translation. Nicole? Guys. Amen. Oh, our house story. See, let me, I just want to tell you guys. Go on, okay? I want to tell you guys. Pastor, thank you. <laughs> Pastor, why say you must beat my record? You? <laughs> so, you see? I was walking in the estate, so this is my wife. We were walking in the estate, we live in Dolphin Estate, so we were walking around. We were trying to move from our current flat because, you know now, we had one child, we had two, so the estate is now, this house now becoming small for us, and we have to add another one. So we said, God, oh God, we can't, this space is too tight for us, we have to move to another space. So we were looking for space. So we tried everything, tried everything, tried everything, we could not find this space, we tried everything, we could not find this space. And so well, every morning I just be walking, as I'm walking and I'm praying, I'm walking and I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, and I'm saying, God, as I'm praying for everybody, I'm also saying, God, we need a space, we need a space, we need a space. This house is this, this house. Then after a while, one day I was just walking, it just stopped, go, it's as if God just stopped me my tracks, like, what are you, like, what are you seeing, what are you, what do you need space for? Because you want to move to a big space, now you have made it, or what, what are you, so those are to me, hey, mission, 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 come, mission, come, mission. I just changed. And then I just started reading Joshua that morning. So Joshua, and I got to that part where he said that the God told the people that in all, this, in all the towns, in all the cities, let there be one city that you put for refuge. When he says share, when, it, when they get to the promised land, he said they should share for what to everybody. But it's out of every tribe. Get one city that is for refuge. Get one city that is for refuge. Get one city that is for refuge. I just started praying, hey, that is the key. So I just started praying, God, please give us a house that will be a refuge. Give us a house that will be a refuge for the lost. Give us a house that will be a refuge for the sick. That will be a refuge for the hopeless, for the weary, for the hungry, for the dying. Let our house be that kind of place. Let our house be, I don't need that kind of, I need that kind of house. And then just shortly after that, we just got this house, eating house. Nobody has stayed there for months. Bush going everywhere. The place is all dark, dilapidated and all that. And the place calls and say, ah, this house is available. He said, what's for? He said, come, come and check it. Are you sure you can take it? Nobody wants to take it. I said, let's see it. And then when they... Like, in Dolphin, the number of houses that are as big as this one, probably like, I'm not sure, maybe they're like 20, there are many houses in Dolphin, but this particular one is rare, it's a rare, for many people who have been living in Dolphin, God, don't even know that this size of houses exists. And that guy showed us, and then we went there, and I said, wow, I crossed there, I said, we just knew exactly that this was our house. And so we found this house, and then 
we started the work, we started the work, it cost us a lot of money, blah, blah, we renovated it and then we moved in. And then that was when I began to know that, no, God is really, really particular about this commission. Like the kind of things that happen in that house, you know, some of you know I'm, I, I, I have a production company, I MC, sometimes I do stand up. And so one of the instructions I got immediately after I moved, this is, this is like probably, I don't hear God talk to me directly, I have strong impressions. But this was like the second time, apart from that time when I was praying on campus, that God spoke to me directly on a Friday. First, no, on a Friday, I was direct. God says, you have to start a group, something that brings. Comedians together weekly. Just, just, I'm not saying preaching, it's just bring them together. And let guys don't, in my, in the, um, comedians don't really have a place to test their jokes, to practice their jokes. So you don't have to go and, they also have to go and perform every night and kill, but there's no place for them to test. And so, wow, I'm so overwhelmed. So, so every Tuesday now, they started gathering in my house. And then not too long after that, there was different kinds of conversations. All of these guys, I began to know the person who was a Muslim before, was no longer a Muslim. The person who had been in church, but then left church because of this. The person who thinks he's a Christian is not really a Christian. I had a conversation with all kinds of ones. We shared books with one. I said, go and read this one. He gave me a book that I should read um, that is about how a guy left the faith. And then I gave him a book to read about how people who are not in the faith come to faith and then want to do this co-reading kind of thing. These are things that God has been doing in our house. Guys, but we cannot do this alone. Baptizing. Baptizing. We cannot do this alone. You see, baptizing, this just refers to, you see, when we hear baptizing, it's like, it's this beautiful command of Jesus, but it's also that significant thing that marks how we become part of God's family. You see, we need a church to do this. That's why we say invite people to church. You see, this is why we need a place. Maybe not just the church also, because some people don't come to church. Guys need to gather together. Girls, guys, brothers and sisters, some of us need to form some kind of groups. Where we say this group, oh, we meet on social time every month or we meet social time every week. But please, anytime we gather in this group, you have to bring a non-Christian friend. Every time we meet in this group, you have to bring a Muslim friend. This group is not just for Christians. It's just, there's the ones for accountability, but we need to create this specific space where non-Christians can come. We need to create specific space where Muslims can come and they can see our life. We need to create that kind of thing too. So I want to end now, guys. You see... When Jesus gave his command, he said, 11 disciples. At most, these guys were 120, if you judge by the upper room statistics. And he's telling them, go make disciples of all nations. This is the last word. Presence is the last word. I want to take it. You see, presence is the last word. He's so good. Jesus says, if we judge by, you see, if we judge by open it's like 120 people. But Jesus is telling these 11 guys, 120 guys at most. That means like half of the people in this room. He's saying, go and make disciples of all nations. It's impossible. He didn't give them any budgets. No five-year forecast. Not enough manpower. It's crazy. So this must have been daunting to disciples, like it's daunting to us guys. I know it's daunting. Some of you, I think, you've heard all this history, but I'm, I've seen everything. It's practical, but you see, daunting. So if we give you, if you, do you think if you get money, if I give you a huge sum of money so that you stop working, do you think that will make you, you know, be able to go? Or do you think you need like a mighty encounter? Like I just need one this transforming moment with Jesus that if I have it, then I'm sure that I'll be able to let go of everything that's injuring me and I'm sure I'll be able to move. Are you sure this is what you need? Because me too, I still have this feeling of inadequacy. Oh, I did not tell you. You see, the man who gave me money to start GNLD, I'm still owing him 25K he gave me to start this GNLD. Pastor Bo, I cannot forget. Because I never climbed from that manager position to director. I never. So if I cannot do GNLD, is it? GNLD, I cannot do, then it's God's mission I can do. Money, huge sum of money is not going to compel me. It didn't compel me for Jen. It's not going to compel me for this. So methods that I gave you will not be enough. But guys, you see, this has kind of happened before. God has sent some people on a mission at one time. And he seemed to have given them what they needed. I want us to turn to Exodus 33 verse 1. Look at this time. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. This was the commission. Verse 2, look what it says. God is giving them what they need. It's like money. He's giving them like methods. He's saying, I will send an angel 
before you and drive out the Canaanites, Hamorites, Etites, Perizzites, Evites, Jebusites. I'm sending them. I'm, this, is what you, this, is, this is like, okay, I give you money. Okay, is this is what you want. This is full angel, giving them the tool. But remember Moses from the first time when I ran preach. Look at what Moses responded. This was Moses that was leading these people in verse 12. Look what Moses says. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me. God has said, I'm going to send you an angel. Oh. Then Moses responded to Jesus, to God. He said, God, you have been telling me, lead these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Oh, Moses saying is not the words. Moses saying is not the methods. Moses saying is not the resources. It's the who. Oh, I've heard people say, oh, they're saying that money, money, money is the means for, for is the vehicle for evangelism. But I ask, who is driving a keke? Who is riding that bike of Inyere? The what is not enough. So look what Moses says in verse 15. Moses says to him, if your presence does not go with us, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us. It is presence that we need more than methods. It is presence that we need more than a huge sum of money. Oh, but what's so special about his presence? Look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. He says, if your presence does not go with us, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me? How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and all the people unless you go with us? Look what he asked again. He said, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the people on the face of the earth? Guys, you're asking, what makes me different? From a, from a GNLD marketer, what makes me different? What will make you different? What makes me different from an advertiser? What makes me different from a TED speaker? What makes me different from a political candidate? What? Are we not all selling something? Do we all not have a propaganda? Are we not trying to win people? What's going to differentiate us? Granted, we have something different. Granted, we want to do it in a different way. But why should somebody answer you are not there? Why? Presence. God's presence. You see, presence here actually means face. The face of God. God's favorable disposition towards us. Regardless of what we do, how we feel, how we think God feels or sees us. Oh, for God's presence to go with us means that God likes us. Regardless. Oh, you see, when the third speaker speaks well, oh, he boasts, he says, oh, good speaker, 40 million views, they invite him again. But if he doesn't speak well, he's not re-invited. If the salesman sells, they give him commission, they promote him in the workplace. But if he does not sell, oh, he might even be sacked. When I refused to climb up in my GNLD market, you know what he did to me? People refused to join my network. Was anybody that partnered with Dami will not go far? See, so you're asking, knowing how important the Great Commission is, knowing how much it means to God, knowing the weight of the person that sent us, will God be pleased with us? When we say rubbish and we feel like we've lost a soul and we feel like we've brought sadness to heaven, will his presence go with us when people send us away and we feel that we have failed the great commission? Oh, for all of us who have not shared our faith in years and feel so guilty about it, especially in this series, how, you're asking, how does God feel about me when he remembers this? Yeah, these people of God, verse 20. Look at God's response to you. Look at God's response to you. Are you ready for this? He says, and surely, can we read this together? And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always. When you're saying rubbish, I'm with you. Ah, when you feel like you failed me, I'm with you. When you're persecuted, I'm with you. Ah, when you feel like you're not good, I'm with you. I will not leave your back. Like the lifted speakers or energy marketers, I will not leave your back. I like you regardless. Jesus is saying, this is why I died and rose again. I died for you while you were still dead in your sins. And I predestined you to be a fisher of men and women. 
I'm making you a feast of men and women. There is still joy in heaven over you, brothers and sisters. There is still joy over you. Guys, oh, the end of the story. See, if you see Matthew, that Matthew 28, Matthew, is this, is this, the, the story, when Jesus said, go out, you see, the story has not ended. Look at, he didn't tell us the results. He didn't tell us whether these disciples went and they succeeded in Matthew. Matthew didn't show us that. Why? It's because the story is still being written, guys. The story is still being written and you are part of that story. He says, I am with you always to the end of the age. The disciples will not live forever. So why is this the end of the age? It's because of you. It's because of you. So guys, let me end this way. I know I said at the beginning that asking how many souls did you win this week may be too harsh. I know. I know. And I said that instead we can ask, did you share your faith this week? Yeah, that's right. I'm not taking that back. But fam, though I've been sharing my faith, I've been sharing my faith, I've shared my stories with you. And that's a lot, but I've not been winning souls lately, guys. I've not been winning souls. And I want to. I know that God is pleased with me already, even though I have not been winning souls. I've been sharing, but I've not been winning souls. I know Jesus is with me. I know he's always with me, but I want to see more people come to Christ. I don't want to cry over another Tunji. I don't want to cry over another Samson. Would you please pray for me? If you feel the same way too, can I pray for you? Can we pray for one another? Can we rise to our feet? Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos.